0: Good enough. Good enough. Good enough for for Travis. You know, I, I'm a perfect. I, I'm a perfectionist in some things, but I'm not a perfectionist when it comes to this show. So that's a good way to begin.
1: You know, he started out and as a uh, as a straight A student, but at a certain
0: point, C's get degrees. You know, I was never a straight A student. I don't know where that idea came from. <laughs> I was mostly A's, a couple B's. Didn't you get there, like there a- were. A,
1: we're, at least in high school weren't you like a really good student?
0: Yeah, I had like a 3.8 oh damn that's yeah. not nowhere near for me that's not a that's not all A's that's like a, there's a couple of B's you know in there mm-hmm. and those nasty nasty B's mm-hmm. they get you you mm-hmm. know where where would I be today if I had only gotten A's instead of B's?
1: God we can only wonder we can only wonder.
0: Welcome everybody. Episode twenty, although to all of you, it'll feel like episode nineteen because we had a lost episode in there. You'll never hear it. It's it's gone into the mist, never that to return. That was the one where we sweared a whole bunch at the end, wasn't it? I think there've been multiple episodes where that's been the case because I be do a know specific. that the <laughs> the the last one we uploaded did have a, an ending where we we made a call out to one listener specifically, and that ah. involved. Uh, some some cursing. Yeah. Uh, now, thanks to the magic of editing, and by the magic of editing, I mean my incredible editing. painstaking
1: job. Yeah.
0: Um, you won't have noticed this, but we've had a little bit of a rocky start here today. We've had a couple of interruptions. You know, Sam had to go deal with a, a family matter, and then I I got a phone call uh, to to inform me that I that there was a, a million dollars trying to be transferred into my bank account, and you you have to assume of course I took them up on that offer because <laughs> who would turn down such a such an absolutely uh, golden opportunity but uh yeah of course why wouldn't you a million dollars dang yeah But it's so funny, you know. We we hit record, and within thirty seconds, we both get something that pulls us away from the mic. You know, maybe our maybe this podcast is like in kind of in dog years. You know, we hit twenty, and things really just start falling apart at that point. You know, like oh gosh,
1: twenty. Well, I just read an article recently saying that dog years aren't actually seven. It's like a bell curve. It's like when they're three, they're closer to twenty, and like when they're they're like you know nine, they're closer to sixty. It's not exactly a pair. It's not exactly a a paired off. Oh sure.
0: Well regardless if a dog makes it to 20 they can probably no longer stand Yeah. I think so the, the oldest living I think the oldest living golden retriever is 20 years old actually That wouldn't be surprising golden retrievers don't usually live that long. Yeah. Um, smaller dogs live a little longer and I, I think uh, there there was an adoption agency uh, around here that was posting about how they just adopted out a 20 year old chihuahua mix Aww. thing and uh she, died the uh, next day <laughs> I didn't follow up on the story, so that's entirely possible. I'm sure the the owners are not expecting a a, a long and fruitful relationship there. But you know, yeah, I, you know, the twilight years, you can give them a little bit of peace, and that's that's always a good thing. But even dogs, still, dog, dogs need love. It's it's good. It's a good thing they did. What a good thing they did! Claps mm-hmm. for them. Uh, how are you doing, Sam?
1: Gosh, Trav. Uh, you know, I know you're up in in Canada. So so you might not have the full uh, doomsday blast on every channel available to you, uh, but but gosh, the news has just been been dark this this entire week. Uh, I don't even want to go into it, um, but like you know, presidential pardons. There's there's like every day the coronavirus is at like a new high, and it it like I it just occurred to me. I don't know why it didn't occur to me until like three days ago, but when they say new high, that means the high that was yesterday when it said new high, that's not the high anymore. Like (laughs) it's been overwritten and there's a new, I guess that's what they mean by the curve that it's just, it just keeps on going more and more. (laughs) Um, so it's, it's, it's been, it's been hard to stay positive lately, but, um, I've been, trying to stay away from TV a little bit. I, I mean, I want to watch news to stay informed. I think that's really important, especially now. Um, there's a lot of very interesting conversations happening in a lot of different subgroups. Uh, like, uh, And I, when I say subgroups, I'm not talking about, like, the racial stuff. I'm talking about, like, in the Dungeons & Dragons community, <laughs> there's a big outcry about, like... Equal rights and, and like, uh, better representation and stuff like that. Like, the, in, in, like, the magic community, there's, like, a better... There's, like, an outcry about, like, transphobic artists getting uh, lo- uh, getting hired on for new projects. So there's... It, it feels like there's kind of a, a, a lot going on all at the same time. Like, maybe it's a, a homecoming, but I, I hope that... Or, or a reckoning of some kind, but I hope that when this all settles down... We remember this like that. That's my my fear right now, more than anything, is just that like, gosh, the headlines are charged. Gosh, people are passionate and, and it's a very, as we love to say, uncertain time. But I just hope that that if and when we get back to normalcy, people remember <laughs> that w- w- what we're doing right now and remember that like, oh, no, like you can't just go back to being casually racist to black people like you you have to not be racist
0: anymore <laughs> or explicitly I mean, racist that's been in some a, cases th- that's that's but that's also been a conversation that's been kind of like coming in and out in waves i feel like for a long time it seems like every couple oh, of for years sure. something major happens where it becomes the forefront conversation and then maybe it'll go back and then things will kind of like it's fluid, right? It comes into forefront and then it, it kind of slips away and, and then comes back. And, um, I think that that, that's just how it kind of goes, but, um, yeah, I, you know, I think sometimes it's important to be paying attention to what's happening. And then other times it's kind of good to not doom scroll, you know, I yeah. think people uh, get caught up in the, in the cycle of just sort of kind of getting overwhelmed with, hearing about things, even if in your personal perspective, like just what's happening around you, it might not be that extreme. I mean, I imagine that in a lot of places, um, even if the cases are increasing pretty significantly, as long as you're doing what you have been doing, you know, staying home and being safe, um, you're probably going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's the hope. I think it's, it's yeah, it seems like a lot of times it's, it's the people who um, were not Taking it seriously, or or got caught up in kind of um, dangerous behavior, I guess. That in that in I
1: in are. almost every instance I'm seeing, it's it's somebody who's trying to politicize it. You know, the the way I've kind of put it to some other people is is I'm surprised that the mask thing has become such an issue because I, I would think it's just you know, hey, if it's raining, wear a poncho and you don't get wet, right? Like it it should be that straightforward. Right, yeah. Uh, Get an umbrella. It's cold. It's wet out there. Um, But no, like people really, really are ardently against it. And uh, I I, I get what you're saying with the with the kind of the ebb and flow of all these issues. But I, I think right now in the U.S. at least it's it just seems so apparent that this is. A historic moment, I guess, just because, again, I have mentioned this to some other people, maybe on the podcast, I'm not sure, but, you know, because of the pandemic, more people than ever are out of work. And so I think that gives them the the freedom to be a little more politically engaged, because, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have a job to go to, you don't have something keeping your mind off of these things. So... Yeah, you're. Why not talk about your rights? Why not talk about safety and and, and, and injustice? And uh, I think while it definitely ebbs and flows, this feels like kind of a high tide. Um, this this feels like it's 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 maybe at a at a high point that that we haven't seen before. Like the all the Black Lives Matter demonstrations. I feel like we I've heard Black Lives Matter before, but like I I haven't seen demonstrations to this degree. Um, Hmm. and so I'm really hoping, I'm really hoping that, that as things settle, we'll actually see some significant change. Um, but again, I just, when I talk to, it's the older generation particularly, but, but the way that they kind of focus on Trump and like focus on like a figurehead or, or make it about one thing, um, it just makes me think that maybe, maybe the entire situation is too nuanced for... A thousand, you know, 10,000 different perspectives to come together and be able to make meaningful progress
0: yeah, I mean so things I don't know. do change linear, linearly I think ov- ultimately over time and I think that that's going to, to be seen, I mean it's hard to know how much of that is due to action versus how much of it is just due to the natural progress of, of the way our thoughts evolved, you know mm. like um, I happy garbage day of, by the way uh Trucks, just uh, hanging out outside oh, nice we we always know when to uh when to aim and i guess maybe that's because we regularly record it monday at 12 we've and st- so it's, we,
1: it's become a new time this is the, the second has, or third it, yeah. time that we've done it on monday at 12 because we missed the weekend because i was
0: working <laughs> <laughs> i seem to be there seems to be a police chase happening outside of my window so it just you know like i said that's once not you 20, is that real that's not real that's real That's real. I didn't. That's not fake. It looks
1: like you just turned on like a video or something. Smile. Like, are are you serious? Is that real?
0: Yeah, that's real. Oh my god! That just went by my building. Um, I hear it. I can hear the sirens. Um. Yeah. You know, I'm in I'm in downtown. That happens. You know, there's a hospital nearby there's a fire truck state fire station down the street you know it, it, there's all kinds of noises here so we just got to live with that everybody listening that's just the flavor of the show you get truck noises you get sirens you just you get uh all kinds of garbage and I, I you know I I just cannot wait to uh, to launch our patreon and ask you for money for this primo product that we're selling you you know
1: well the uh, the good news for me this week is that uh, I I don't have too much work going on, so I'm hoping that I can make a lot of progress on my new video project. I'm hoping, honestly, that maybe by the end of the week it might be done. Um, That's good. That's exciting. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of hitting the acceleration button on it a bit. I've been uh, collecting, researching, collecting clips, like, gathering. I've been doing that for about a month now. Um, Mm. And so now I, I definitely have more than enough material. I just need to synthesize it. Um, but I think I want my synthesis to be kind of rapid because I found some timely stuff that I kind of want to piggyback on to, to make mm-hmm. it more relevant. Well, that very feels very cool. Kinda, I'm that feels good. How do you feel about that? I mean, I, I, I didn't mean to just pivot into a, a checkup on my project, but like, how do you feel about when somebody, you know, uses a current event to kind of launch into a. Uh, 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 a discussion like it, it, does that strike you as like taking advantage of something
0: or no, no i i think that's a that's an appropriate reason to um to speak i hmm. i feel like um i think sometimes if if they don't have anything to say that's interesting or constructive then maybe that's the case but it doesn't Fair. sound like that's that's what you're doing I mean I think that certain people jump on stuff as soon as it happens and doesn't really don't they don't want to contribute anything they just want to capitalize on it I I don't get that impression that you are doing that I think that you're just you're just trying to speak in a moment that calls to you so I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all but um, I understand that concern I mean you don't want to yeah I like your uh, you're profiting off of something that that is potentially a big deal to a lot of people. And yeah,
1: it's funny because I want to make sure I'm not profiting off of it, but at the same time, like the biggest debate I've had is is whether or not I say which company I used to work at. Um, sure, of because uh Because my, my goal is I don't want to be incendiary. I don't want to be like, you know, starting trouble. I don't want to get mm-hmm. sued. <laughs> um, I don't want anyone right, to, yeah. to come after me because of putting this out there. But I I, I know inherently... By doing this, I'm going to be putting a target on my back, um, but at the same time, like I don't want them to go out, get get off the hook. I don't want to let them go, like you know. I right. uh, I don't want yeah. to. Um, I, I want them to know what they did was wrong, and I want them to have to, you know, be accountable for it. Right. So of uh, it's tough. It's I, I I think I'm I'm finding a good medium in between where like maybe I'll. I'll mention the company but I won't specifically mention which people Um, Mm -hmm.
0: but I don't know it's it's I it's tough because it it, you know it 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 all comes down to sort of language and NDAs I guess yeah um, I think usually if if you I don't know say leave or are fired because of a specific event and then you sign an NDA about that event then there is grounds to for legal action if you speak about it publicly but I don't get the impression you did that. I think no. you, just, you just left of your own accord. So I, I don't think, I mean, people speak about things that happen to them at companies all the time, oftentimes using real names. And I don't think there's there's a legal reaction to that that's appropriate necessarily, unless it's a lie and it's provably a lie. But I obviously, that's not what we're dealing with here either. So I, I don't necessarily think you have anything to worry about, just in the same sense that I didn't think you had anything to worry about with using kaiba's music in Mm -hmm. your video you know i think that i it it makes sense to worry but i i don't think you'll have uh, any issues
1: now this might be a tangent i don't want to go into this too far but uh that is something you just touched on that i think is really important though you know i'm talking about events that happened you know two years ago now um in some cases or 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 maybe more um and and so I definitely notice in my life, maybe not with, with this story in particular, but I've noticed instances where I have felt a desire to rewrite what actually happened. And, and you know, they say that at some point you reach a point where uh, something like 30% of your childhood memories are made up, like, mm-hmm. just because you invented them. Um, right. And so it's funny. I, I I've made sure, like, no, these are all things that really happened, because I talked to other people about them and they verified that it happened. But, uh, it's funny, that that is something that I've been concerned about, because I've noticed my brain like, wandering sometimes when I'm recounting a story. Mm-hmm. Like, is that really what happened? That's not what happened. That's what I <laughs> think happened. Like, that's what I, I mm-hmm. would say happened, but I don't know for sure that it happened this way. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I, well, it, that's, that's definitely why, um, in a legal sense, things like innocent until proven guilty and, you know, proving through evidence and, and taking time is, is an important process, even though it, it often feels like it's, um, immediate action is, is justified. Yeah. Right. So in a lot of cases, like you obviously want to react to a situation where it's very obvious that somebody was wrong in a very, uh, specific way. But, um, the, the nature of the, the process means that it kind of needs to take time and there needs to be a, uh, a deliberation and because you know human memory is fickle and we often don't always understand how our perspectives may differ, even again, even if it's very cut and dry, I think it's still very important for that standard to be maintained uh, in, an, in an ideal sense, at least. Um, I don't think that the way the current U.S. legal system works necessarily always facilitates no, that. No, uh, th- th- uh, but that should certainly be the uh, the ideal. Uh, I, think, I actually think <laughs> instead of just it,
1: it. I mean, just to go on a quick tangent, I, I saw a video recently of uh, some I think it was a Texas senator like trying to troll Kamala Harris uh, in in hmm. some official capacity and I was shocked to see that like first of all this dude is like graying. He must be like in his sixties, seventies, whatever. Because everybody who works in government mm-hmm. is ancient. Um but uh he, he he was like an older dude and I was stunned to kind of be able to see how he was manipulating the rules to troll her like it was so transparent that like he was trying to to make her look bad I I don't want to go into specifics but he was trying to make her look bad by by basically insinuating some things that weren't the case and like by the end of the exchange it was apparent that like this dude didn't actually have a problem with what she was saying she was just trying uh, he was just trying to make her look stupid uh and he couldn't do it. <laughs> and it, I was just right. blown away by that transparency, by that, like, wow. Uh, I, I mean, I knew filibustering was a thing where you just stall for the sake of stalling because you don't like some of the legislation. But he even talked about, like, well, don't you know you can vote yes for something and then vote no on it later because you think it won't be or like because, you know, it won't be passed down the road. Like he was talking about all these weird, like, mind games that you can play. In the Senate, and it just, it, it just was really bizarre to me. Uh, mm-hmm. it, re- it reminded me almost of a little, uh, uh, I mean, speaking of how you can uh, rewrite history, I don't know if I ever told you this, but uh, in high school, our, our mutual friend Will and I got into a fight over a girl, and... Oh, I remember. As we made up, I remember... Uh, I had that, this is, I think, when I became aware of this feeling, but I had this this desire to rewrite it so that, like, she had, like, done something to make us want to fight or something. Like, and no, she hadn't done anything. It wasn't her fault. We were just stupid boys. (laughs) But I remember the desire to be like, oh, yeah, it was, it wasn't us. It was her. Like, it's, it's, it's a very, I don't know. I think it's a natural human desire, but you got to be aware of it. Sorry, yeah. I kind of I kind of jumped topics there for a
0: sec, but no, that's fine. And it just uh, it's you know funny memories, funny um, memories. Yeah, I, uh, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that, that that I can understand that worry, but the fact that you're concerned about that at all, I think, is a good sign because I think a lot of people just sort of go with their their the the assumption that their perspective is is 100 ironclad all the time, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, that uh, the human brain is not infallible i think uh is is a mistake people tend to make uh in a lot of facets of daily life i think (laughs) i think uh you know obviously free will is a thing but i also think that uh we we are slaves to our uh to our chemicals you know our our brain chemistry and and how our neurons are connected and and you know there's all kinds of weird uh Aspects to who we are that are that are driven by things like brain plasticity. And and, 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 and
1: I, I think also, as, as trite as it sounds, you know, reality is subjective, um, I mm-hmm. think. And I don't mean that to be like that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, to someone else, your red might be their blue. Uh, but uh, I, I was talking to somebody recently and they were talking about uh, how they asked a girl out and they didn't think it was a problem. Uh, because she was like a hospital worker I guess mm-hmm. uh, And they, they asked her out Like while she was working Just like Oh you seem nice Can You want to go out for some time and, and she was like Oh no 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 I'm sorry um, And they didn't think that was rude And I kind of was like Yeah it's rude Like she's working Like what are you, what are you doing mm-hmm. Like um, And I think it's just a big As simple as You know When you're a guy And you've never worked a job like that That doesn't seem rude when you're a girl mm-hmm. and uh you get you know people ask you out all the time because that's the world that women live in uh it's a totally different situation because like you're working and and like you're being reduced to a a or or you're you're being brought up as like a potential partner or relationship or something uh when you're in a business setting like it's super weird um oh yeah but I, I get it why the guy wouldn't be able to perceive any of that, right? Like, I get why this is, like, an internal suffering that the girl goes through. But I, I don't know how you reconcile that. Like, all I can say is broaden your worldview. Like, all I can say is, is you know, try to
0: have empathy. But some people just can't do it. And it's also situational. I mean, I think everyone's in situ- gets into circumstances where they... uh they block off the part of their brain that allows them to sort of see how the other person is, is oh, feeling totally. about the situation. Um, yeah, that happens all the time, I think. Uh, and, uh, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think people just need to be patient with each other for the most part. Um, obviously that sounds like I'm making es- excuses for people who don't deserve it, but I also think that, um, Oftentimes, uh, we, we look for the simplest explanations for things, and yeah. sometimes uh, situations are more complicated than they they appear. And, you know, uh, we,
1: we've talked before about being a firebrand, um, and how definitely the world needs provoca- uh, provocateurs. Like, definitely, it's good, I think, that there is a contingent of people who are out there making other people uncomfortable, uh, because they're, they need to be made uncomfortable. Um, and right, yeah. like, like it, it's good because like, it, it's, it's kind of a wake up call. It's like getting water poured on you when you're asleep. Um, mm-hmm. but you can't only do that. <laughs> like it, no, it, that's got only be a little bit of the, the conversation because that's your introduction. That's what gets you in the door, but it doesn't keep you there. Um, it, 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 it it's, it's, it definitely takes empathy on on both sides but also um patience and understanding i think uh, on the side of of the the uh wronged parties in many many cases and totally i get what you're saying how how when people come in bad faith when when people are are being belligerent and not uh, uh receptive to to that kind of thinking um that's a way bigger ask for the person who's hurting than the person who is doing the the damage, uh, because it, it's not always safe to assume that they're coming in good faith. But right. uh, I, I definitely think overall, uh, it, it, as much as it sucks, uh, progress is made when we can be patient with the people who are hurting us, because that's how we get them to listen. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know, I, I, unfortunately, you know, um, and and don't get me wrong. I understand why people are mad. And I still think there's a, a place for the people who are yelling and and getting in their faces and making them uncomfortable, but there has to be a liaison somewhere to kind of get them on board or else they never Mm -hmm. will be. Right. Um, Of course. And I know this is, we're talking kind of vaguely because I don't want to make allusions to any specific, Group or anything, but uh, I think this is kind of a universal thing. Of of oh, definitely. If you're definitely. standoff, you you attract more flies with honey, right? It's it's mm-hmm. if you're standoffish, people won't come over, and so I'm 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 very much keeping that in mind with with this project. Also, of like, I want to be welcoming, and then. You know, I, I hate to say it like I'm kind of lo- spring-loading a trap, but the idea is I want to get you nice and in and comfortable and, hey, welcome, welcome, good yent of, you know, we're going to have a great time. <laughs> right. And then, uh-oh, this is also what it means <laughs> to be right, here. Yeah. You know, if you'd like to participate in this, this is also well, part of it.
0: <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you get a message to be spread, because I think if you're too if you try to like hammer it in too hard, I think people shut down and don't listen. And and I think that that's, that's a lesson and it's tough because again, I think people feel justified in wanting to put a message out there and not have to play those games, you know, because it Mm -hmm. doesn't deserve that. It, 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 that the situation might ask for, at least from our perspectives, a, a more sort of immediate set of action. But, um, I, I don't know. I, uh, the 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 kind of like, sort of BS moderate thing that people love to say is is sort of the horseshoe political theory that like the more extreme you get, it kind of doesn't matter what you believe, you're going to act the same whether you're on one side or the other, mm-hmm. essentially, and that there's that people of extreme points of view have more in common than they have not in common, and I I would say that maybe in terms of behavior, certainly, yeah, but in terms of like. What their motivation is, you know, that really depends on your personal perspective, I guess. Um,
1: Totally. I I, I don't know uh, if I agree. on. I I agree with you. I don't know if I agree with that original assessment.
0: (laughs) But I do think that there's a a, a case to be made that um, you're only going to push people more into corners the more that you kind of, like, demand things of them, I guess. And uh, I think it's better to sort of create messages that are approachable and uh, dissectable by people who even you may not think are important uh, or their perspective is important maybe they they are ultimately in, in terms of elections let's say or in terms of uh creating a you know a better society for everybody everywhere because i think i think a trap some people fall into is that they they kind of dismiss wide areas of the country or even the world because they uh, they they think they've lost Sort of the the right to be spoken to, I guess, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Totally, um, but I don't think that that's necessarily going to make things better for anybody. I think uh, I think that, that that creates bubbles, that creates division, and I, I just I don't like it. So, that's
1: I mean, where I, I come
0: down as somebody who does not consider themselves very
1: uh, engaged with any. I'm not like interpersonally with anybody who's who, who, who's currently. Uh, 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 an activist right now I would say Like I, I have friends who are activists But I'm not talking to them On like a daily basis Because um, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's Talking to anybody On a daily basis anymore <laughs> Maybe not yeah But um, I, I The the mantra I guess That I've had Because I I it, it, I realize we're coming up On like the half hour mark And I'm just talking about like my philosophy for creating things. So, so this is too heady. We can pull back. But, um, my mantra, I guess has been like, okay, I, I see myself as a storyteller. And, uh, I think the role of the storyteller in society is people think it's pre- preservation of history or whatever. And I, I definitely think that is a noble intent, but, uh, I, I'm much more in the, in the camp of like Aesop's fables where, stories are, are, are kind of lessons and, and, and like we kind of, they're entertainment, but they, they kind of trick you into becoming a better person almost. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, to that end, I think you can see it with my last video project, but I'm hoping I can do it again with this one. The, the mantra that I've kind of always had is, is turn darkness into light. Um, Mm -hmm. let's take a, a topic that's not fun that's painful for me and make it into something that maybe it's not fun but it's at least like hopeful um right of course because uh i think that from that darkness you find a lot of interest first of all because there's people who are struggling with that themselves and they want to engage in it um Mm -hmm. but also it's really healing for me because i'm getting to address something that i'm dealing with and by turning it into something positive you know you attract more people to learn about it. You, you, I think it's important to kind of, to pull up, uh, uh, uh and, and kind of end on a uplifting note in some ways. Um, because, uh, some, like the, to end on the darkness can be kind of hard, uh, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and depressing and bleak. Um, I'm actually with this project wrestling with a kind of Jewish idea where it's, uh, Jews love ambiguity because it lets you debate. <laughs> right, of <laughs> um, course. Yeah. So, so um, I'll, I'll tease it to you anyway. But uh, filler on the roof is based on uh, a collection of old, old uh, folklore stories uh, called Tevya the Dairyman, and mm-hmm. uh, it was written in like eighteen eighty something. I don't know uh so maybe not that old but but it, or it was collected in in those times, but uh or then but it, it it was i guess predates that the crux of tevye the dairy farmer follows fiddler on the roof but the story actually goes on uh at fiddler on the roof i don't know if you're aware of the ending but it ends with tevye and his his wife and two daughters moving to america because they're they've been kicked out of their, their country okay, um interesting. Not a lot of people know that. (laughs) Uh, Tevya, the dairy farmer, ends on... It's the same note, but Tevya's wife and daughters are dead. And uh, his one of his daughters... uh, He has five daughters, so his two youngest daughters are dead. He is moving to the United States. He's moving to America because he's been kicked out of Russia. And Mm -hmm. uh, his uh, third daughter... Who, uh, if you are familiar with Fiddler on the Roof, marries a Gentile, um, kind of comes back to him and says, hey, I heard what's happening to the Jewish people. I heard that, you know, our whole family is being kicked out of uh, uh, out of our, our hometown. I want to come with you to America. Hmm. And the note that the book ends on, because what what is happening here is that his, his daughter is saying, hey, I see you're being discriminated against. I'm not Jewish anymore, but I would like to come back and and be with you. I wanna, I want, I love you, and I want to be a part of your family. Mm-hmm. And the line is: Ask yourself honestly whether or not Tevya let her come with him. Okay, that's the ending of of
0: Tevya the Dairy Farmer. Uh, <laughs> um, so it just at- ends on a on a on a on like a, an open question. For yeah. everyone to to yell at each other over, basically.
1: And I love that because it's like, oh, like it's beautiful. She wants to come back to her family because she feels for them and wants to share in the in the pain and and you know be there for them. But also, you know, if you're Tevya, would you take your daughter back if it meant she was going to live a life of you know poverty and and uh, uh, being being ostracized, like? It's it's a weighty question of, like, well, does he take her back because they love each other? Or does he not because it's bad for her? Like, she is in a better position if she stays non-Jewish. Um, right,
0: yeah.
1: And it's mm-hmm. a really... Like, I love that. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's the whole... <laughs> <laughs> that's what makes it good. Um, so... Mm-hmm. I'm 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 trying to figure out maybe about ending this this video on a note like that, but uh, I, I worry that it's gonna it, it isn't exactly in service of of turning darkness into light if I do that. Hmm.
0: I guess it depends on on the motivation and the way that you frame it. I guess because mm-hmm. I think there's a way to to do that in a way where it instills sort of like a hopeful feeling in viewers where they're like, oh, I hope this is the way that I wish it to be, you know, instead of just it telling me how it should be, you know, ultimately. Yeah. And I think that that there's a, there's an ability for you to to, to do that in a way that might work. So I don't know. Um, I think that sounds really compelling. Uh, I like, I like that kind of non, uh, I, I, especially with certain genres, I think it's really effective specifically in like horror. I don't like it when horror is very um, direct about like telling you what it was all about. You know, oh, yeah, um, I think that that's kind of like kind of uninspired filmmaking, usually. <laughs> I mean, my favorite uh, uh,
1: uh, two really good
0: horror endings,
1: uh, and I'm, I'm forgetting the name of one of them. Is it is it is it uh, invasion of the pod, uh, body snatchers? Is that the one with with uh, the people like scream
0: when they get turned into pod people? I've never, I've never seen it, but I think that's probably pretty likely. Yeah,
1: that that one's got like a nice, solid, like dark ending uh, that mm-hmm. I, I like because like, it's it's like there's a, a kind of ancillary character who who runs out and uh, she's escaped this entire situation without being turned into a pod person. And it's mm-hmm. like spoiler for old movie, um, but the last scene is like she's uh, blending in with the pod people and she sees the protagonist and she's like, oh right. my god, like. It's me. We can run away together. Like, let's get out. And he turns to her and he looks at her and, and she's like, what, what's wrong? We could leave. And he opens his mouth and he points at her and he goes, ah, because he's an alien. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. It's really good. I love that. That's um, great. But I also really like uh, as much as our, our we have a lot of uh, jokes about this movie because I'm just going to wait till the garbage truck passed. I don't know if you heard, heard the beeping, but I'm just going to just going to wait. Just going to wait <laughs> on this one. That's fine. Thank you. They do a service. I mean, I, I can't you be mad, but...
0: <laughs> be done. That's true.
1: I could close my window, but...
0: <laughs> you could, you know, and then we wouldn't have to worry about that. But that's fine.
1: Uh, but uh, 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 we have a lot of jokes about this movie because my dog growing up had tracheal collapse and made an awful sound when she, whenever she breathed. But, uh, the thing, uh, mm. fantastic oh, yeah, movie has a great ending where it's, mm-hmm. uh, 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 I forgot the other guy's name, but it's Keith David and, and the white guy. He's,
0: he's <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the famous white guy. Um, right. I don't, I don't ask me for names. Like, <laughs> I, uh, I'm deficient with that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's them. And it's, uh, uh, like they're, they're facing off. Like the, the lab has exploded. They don't know if the alien's been killed or not. And they're Mm -hmm. looking at each other and they don't know whether or not the other one has turned or not.
0: And it ends,
1: right? Like I love, it's like, they're looking at each other. They're smiling, but they're both like, what are you? Like, (laughs) uh, are we good? Like, did we do it? And Mm -hmm. I, I think the implication is they didn't, but they don't commit to which one.
0: Right? Yeah. It is. Um, it, it's that's a great movie, just because they really do a good job of establishing what the stakes are, mm-hmm. right? So that it ends and you're still like so tense, and you leave it tense because yeah. you, it's not been resolved. It could go so bad if it's not if like if, if if things have gone wrong, you know, and and we just leave it on that tension, and it's it's oh, it's excellent. Yeah. Um, to, that to that go, also it, reminds me. Go for it. So, uh, the, I don't think that this is a movie either of us have seen, but we've probably heard it being described because it was described on a podcast we both watch. Yeah. Uh, but have you ever uh, seen Halloween 3 Season of the Witch? No. Uh, so Halloween, the Halloween movies are about, you know, I think it's, it's, it's all about like Jason, right? One of them. for Jason Well, I think, mo- I think most of them are about Jason Voorhees. I think that's like the, the through line of yeah, Halloween okay. movies. Yeah, but Halloween 3 is not about Jason. It was like this offshoot that they turned into a Halloween movie. And is that the one movie... where the kids wear like lizard masks or something? So the the plot of the movie is that there's this 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 mask that is really popular and all the kids buy and they're supposed to wear it on Halloween when like this t- thing plays on TV. Like that's the marketing trick is like, "Oh kids, wear this and and you get a bunch of candy or something I haven't uh-huh. again I haven't seen the movie I've only heard it described to me um and the thing is when kids put the mask on and the thing plays it's like this little this little like graphic of a of a, of a dancing uh pumpkin it looks like like the Atari it's sure. like old Atari graphics of this dancing pu- uh, pumpkin and it goes Saturdays till Halloween 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 <laughs> man and a Halloween and then like if the kids are wearing the mask, their heads turn into bugs. Ah, nice, nice. And they fall down and bugs come out of the mask. And that's like what happens if kids wear the mask and the thing. And so on Halloween, they're going to play the thing and all the kids are going to wear the masks and their heads are all going to turn to bugs. Uh huh. So the guy, the main pro- protagonist, learns about this and goes on like a mission to try and stop it. And on Halloween, he like is on the phone with the network, like you have to turn it off. You have to turn it off. And... He's like looks over to the TV and it starts playing and then he's like you you need to do it they're all gonna die you have to do it and it cuts to like technical difficulties we you know uh-huh. like the broadcast is ended. He's like oh thank god. And he flips the channel and on the other channel it's starting to play. So he has to call up that network and all get right. them to change it and he does it like 3 more times and he's like oh finally I got them all off. And he changes the channel one more time and it it's playing the graphic and then it cuts to credits.
1: I, I don't like that it's it almost I, I wanted to start laughing almost because it's like a bit like that he changes the channel and it's playing again and he has to call someone else like it's, it sounds like it, a it seems like comedy.
0: It, it almost does doesn't it? it almost seems like something that again maybe i am playing the t- game of telephone and i don't actually know what this movie is and how it goes but that's how it's been described and i i uh i found that very funny yeah so uh I think uh, I think horror is is right for that kind of thing of just messing with you. I think that's kind of one of the the one genre where you can really like play with three act structure mm-hmm. and the way scripts are written in a way that can be really effective either in a good way or a, or a, a not so good way. And I I'm,
1: I'm I really reminded it. Did you, did you ever see it. the movie? It came out a couple of years ago, but it was called Life. I think it had Jake Gyllenhaal in it and maybe some other people.
0: No, I don't think so.
1: But yeah, uh, this this movie Life. Uh, so it was. It, it's about a bunch of scientists on the International Space Station, and they discover uh, like a, a I think it's like a frozen cell of an alien on Mars. And it turns oh, out, I've heard
0: of this as yeah. as
1: they defrost the 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 alien. Like, turns out that cell is all it needs to like regrow and like it's like this kind of scavenging ooze of a of an alien that kind of turns into an octopus and like eats people and gets their essence and, like, becomes more of a a, a thing uh, or more mm-hmm. of a monster as it goes on. Anyway, uh, the ending of it basically is, like, everyone on the space station, is except for two people, are dead. It's Jake Gyllenhaal and some girl. Uh, and, and the solution they've worked out is, like, okay, here's what we're going to do. If this thing goes to Earth, we're fucked. So y- we're going to make a break for it at the same time. We're going to get into different escape pods, Jake Gyllenhaal is gonna be on the pod that like attracts the alien, and then he's just gonna jettison off out into space, and the girl is gonna get on the pod that uh is is safe and free, and she's gonna go back to Earth and tell everyone what happened. That's the plan, and you see them rocket out, and you see like Jake Gyllenhaal is like in his pod with like this weird like s- like alien like slimy nasty like tentacles all over him. He's like, I'm going into space, and then. At the very end of the movie, you see, like, the pod is, like, in the ocean. It's bouncing around. And, like, a bunch of, like, like an old... It's, like, in the middle of, like, the, the Indian Sea or something. So, like, a fishing boat comes up to it. And, like taps on the glass, and they, like, wipe it away. And who's inside the pod? It's Jake Gyllenhaal and the alien! Oh, no! Oh, no. And you see, like, it, it cuts to the girl out in space, and she's just screaming, because she's just jettisoned out of space. And then you, it, it it's literally, you see Jake Gyllenhaal, like, pounding on the glass, like, No! Don't open the glass! Don't open the glass! And it zooms up, and you see, like, four more, or six more boats coming up to the, the, the pod that he crashed in. And oh, it's no. like... I see what you were going for. Like, you were so close to having a cool, like, did it happen or didn't happen, like, right, yeah. look out kind of ending. But they just went, like, a scene too far. Like, it was just, like, I couldn't help but laugh in the theater because it was outrageous how, like, you, for the last ten minutes, you've said you've told us the play and you've set it up perfectly what happened like did the space station Did they get in the wrong pods like did the space station just like rotate as they were (laughs) launching off like what how did they get this so wrong
0: (laughs) that's funny yeah they would need to kind of that that's a situation where like it it just sort of feels like an error almost yeah like, like, I, I, it, there needs to be an explanation for why that happened
1: maybe i'm forgetting like maybe there is like a, a shot of like the two pods bumping into each other or something in space and like going in different directions but i i don't i it didn't make sense in the moment of just like really like okay
0: that reminds me of uh, of our favorite topic uh star wars episode nine mm. when uh when they make you think chewy dies yeah but then, then he doesn't die, and I don't really understand why. Because they showed the spaceship blowing up, but I guess he wasn't in that one, so I don't. Have you? I don't know. Have you heard why. some of
1: the rumors going on about the the what's what's happening with Star Wars? Uh,
0: i I mean, I hear things all over the place. I don't know which one you're talking about specifically, but
1: I have heard a rumor uh, that they are. I mean, it, it, this might just be Star Wars fans hoping against hope. But I've heard a rumor that they're planning on basically saying that the entire sequel trilogy is, like, an alternate reality. And they're going to add, like, a like a multiverse level to Star Wars so they can do it over.
0: I mean, they already kind of did that with the whole Legends brand of, mm. like, here's the first timeline of things that happened with Grand Admiral Thrawn and the Yuzum Vong and... and... Chewy getting a moon thrown at him and then right. there's the new worst timeline where all of this crap just happens with no thought put into it I don't really care anymore they can do whatever the fuck they want with that I don't trust Disney to do anything compelling with it anymore at this point because no. I just don't think they're going to put thought into it, and, it uh,
1: It's apparent to me that the, the best thing that that came out of Disney's ownership of, of Star Wars is when they gave it to some independent guy and didn't bother him <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean it, that seems like I'm referring to Mandalorian, the Mandalorian by the way. <laughs> so I I the Mandalorian's fine. I thought it was all right. I I appreciate that John Fav- or not John Favreau. Uh yeah, it was It was, was not, it John yeah, Favreau. It was John Favreau. He was like the he executive producer. He, he apparently like the the people in charge didn't really mm, they weren't like big Star Wars fans uh-huh. is what I remember hearing. Like they uh they kind of brought their own perspective to it. Um and I think that show is is Good. I think it's it's overall good, uh, and I'm excited for where it goes. But um, I uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's just there was so much. They were just in such a rush to like capitalize on on you know the money signs in their eyes that uh, yeah they just didn't think about it. And maybe like they should have given it a year just to like make an overarching plan of what it was going to be. And I don't know. It just such battling visions. I don't. This is a whole. We've been down this road. We have. I don't need to, I don't need to bring this up again, but I just that 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 moment of just like oh, the tension of oh we lost Chewie, and then I'm like okay, well that's an interesting decision to make, and and I feel you know if, if he's dead that's sad. Oh, it's two minutes later and uh, he's not dead. And but I don't he, really even know why. the way he's... that that's edited, I hate.
1: Like it's it's like yeah, it, it's like a cutaway for the audience that to show that Chewie is alive in the imperial holding cell or whatever, and yeah. like. When they reveal that, like the music is like dun dun dun, like hey, Chewie's alive, like it's it's triumphant,
0: and it, I like for who, like for, it's not, for me, it's not character driven at all because yeah. they didn't discover he didn't die. Like that's how you do that is they they find him later. He like swoops in with his own spaceship and saves the day. Yeah, you know that like you don't just have him. Oh, don't worry, kids. he's y- not dead. Uh, don't worry,
1: we we wouldn't kill Chewie that way.
0: Yeah, uh, the dog didn't die. Don't worry, he's he's
1: fine. I mean, all just some of the decisions they made. I mean, like I, again, I don't want to go down into this this. It's it's the bottomless pit of the, Star Wars hate. The um, all <laughs> say the last thing I'll, I'll, I'll to keep it like about about uh, 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 maybe Disney more maybe, to keep it uh-huh. a, above just criticizing Star Wars for being Star Wars. Nothing I think will erase the memory for me or the comparison of when I went to see star Wars episode seven with my dad on opening night, like we were both 12 again. Like it it was like, Oh my God, there's a new star Wars movie. Like I'm not even talking about the movie itself, just like the electricity in the air, the excitement, the crowd uh, uh, in the movie theater. Like it really felt like an event and it was so exciting. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh my God, we're getting more star
0: Wars. Um, and it, it was exciting because, and I, I think back to that time period, because what was so exciting about it was that it could have gone anywhere. Yeah, it could right? have been anything. We like, had no idea. Because with the prequels, there was still sort of this air of like, well, it kind of has to all come together to where we know yeah. where it ends up. So like, it's just sort of building, like episode three is, you know, came out and we were like, well, it's going to end with the Empire coming into power. We just kind of know that you know, and the way they set it up is pretty obvious. And and so there wasn't a whole lot of like expectations there. I remember in the episode seven. Yeah. It was like, man, they could really do whatever they want. And what a, what a great opportunity that is because in some ways the old EU was kind of very silly and mm -hmm. and was very much a a situation of just many different ideas from different authors coming together to sort of create this, this massive just stuff happening. And Mm -hmm. uh, that lacked its own sort of cohesion too, but it, it, at least benefited from sort of like the SCP quality of, of just, it allowed a lot of very interesting ideas to come in and, and have life. Um, Totally. But then, yeah. So it's just such a shame that it, uh, didn't come together because even at the end of episode seven you still kind of feel like wow this could go in some interesting directions." yeah i have no idea where it's
1: gonna go i remember what Mm. stood out to me was in the crowd uh like in the audience everyone was dressed up as stuff from the previous installments right so you got people dressed up as yoda and darth vader and jedi robes and none of those are in episode seven um like it it really uh, uh i mean i guess you see darth vader's helmet all fucked up but like That was such a magical night for me because it was just, like, coming out of the theater and everyone was stoked to be like, oh, man, like, what could happen? Like, wow. Right, yeah. And then compare that with, I think I went to episode nine by myself on a whim because my boyfriend didn't want to watch it with me. Like, because he just was already checked out. like. Mm -hmm. And, and even in the theater, like I had to keep myself from laughing at some of the decisions they made, like because I didn't <laughs> want to ruin it for other people. Like right, I'm yeah. sorry when Lando shows up, surprise, surprise, it's Lando in disguise. I couldn't help but just be like, "Hey, it's that that guy from the old movie that we didn't need to see right now." <laughs> yeah, and said he could didn't have been want anywhere be in, in the movie. universe,
0: and he just happened to be here for no convenience of Story, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it, it, it's just I, th- I think
1: it's it's. It really shows that a a a good story needs to be stewarded and it needs to be you know uh, uh, shepherded. I think if you're gonna draw it out like this and and have it be something that you're telling over many years because you, you want to kind of profit from it like this, mm-hmm. you need to know where you're going <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely i that that feels like it should be a basic tenet of writing like know how your story is going to end before you finish it um, or before you start it but Mm -hmm. uh, I I don't I don't understand how they said okay we'll make episode 7 and then not know what's going to happen and release it and not know what's going to happen in episode 8 I just don't
0: understand how that happened I think they had this idea that they were going to kind of like rely on the strengths of the original trilogy in a sense that those movies were all made by different directors. Mm-hmm. So they had this idea of like, well, what if we just find like a, a new visionary every time and they're going to bring their own thing and make it interesting in their direction. But what ended up happening was it went so far in a direction that people hated and they needed to pull, they felt the, the need to pull back, I guess, because the reaction to episode eight was so strong. Mm-hmm. And I have my own complicated feelings on episode eight. I think that that movie is bad, but I also don't think that it's bad for the reason that some people think it's bad. And I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's it's, I, I, it's a I have, complicated mess. I don't really feel like getting into that whole thing either. But um,
1: I have friends who are, 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 are apologists for that movie and I get it. Like he, he, that movie i think has has it has problems um but also i i recognize what they like about it they like that it is a vision like they like that mm-hmm. that uh what's his name um um ryan johnson. ryan johnson actually came to it with a new idea and you can see mm-hmm. it like you can see yeah, that can. ryan johnson is taking the the series he's he's grabbed the steering wheel and he's pulled the hard left but he's definitely taking it in
0: somewhere new that has a vision um, right I don't like a lot of the choices he made, but I also think that I, I get frustrated when I hear this this thing repeated from people who say, "Well, if only Ryan Johnson didn't do it, the series, the, the trilogy would have been fine." No, that's like it yeah. would have been good, and I'm like, no, I, I dis, uh, hard disagree. Hard there. disagree. I think that, that it was rotten from the beginning. J.J. Abrams was just kind of like making a very digestible f- fine thing that wasn't really challenging or something. Yeah, did did or interesting
1: you find and... so did you find that after seeing episode nine you liked episode seven less because you recognized like I don't know if it's just the JJ Abrams of it or if it was just the the d- design by committee of it. But like, I recognize that episode seven and episode nine are both they they lack that that uniqueness that episode eight has. Uh, well, like, they just
0: feel like big Hollywood movies. They feel like they're designed by committee. They feel sense. it feels like it's yeah,
1: yeah, yeah Hollywood movie mm-hmm. is exactly the way to put it.
0: Um, and it's so funny because I I kind of want to sit down and watch. I have all of the prequels on Blu-ray because our friend Will gives very strange uh, birthday presents, uh, yes. and uh, I I uh, I haven't sat down to watch them like probably really since around they came out. Uh, maybe episode one I saw when I was a Middle school or something, and I kind of want to go through those again because I I know that they're also very bad, but they have like a cohesion to them that maybe is lacking from these new ones, and and I don't know. I want to I want to see how I'll feel sitting through them because uh, I also think they make a lot of bizarre filmmaking decisions that I think uh, really don't benefit them at all. But um, I I think that there could be some heart there too, and maybe it's uh, it's it'll be an interesting experience. But I just. Yeah, I I think uh,
1: a lot of the negativity around the prequel series comes from people who had, you know, expectations. And there's nothing wrong Mm. with having expectations. But I I think, um, was it, uh, Rocco showed Kevin, I think, on Mega64. He showed him the prequel movies and, like, Kevin thought they were fine. Like, like not without their problems, but, like, not as bad as he had been trained to receive them.
0: It definitely wasn't a level of expectations. But again, I think you could say the same things about the new ones. I don't get the impression, Kevin, disliked the new trilogy either. So mm-hmm. I think it was kind of just, oh, it's all fun. It's all just fun popcorn movies. And I don't think you or I really necessarily uh, look at them that way. <laughs> so yeah, the, maybe
1: the, 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 the I mean, the experiment that I would love to do at some point is I still I've seen episode one. I've seen episode three. I've st- I've never seen episode two. And I oh, think that really?
0: that would be fun to watch with you. Well, that, that's often considered the worst I hear of that. all of them. I hear I understand. So I, uh, I would be very interested. Because again, I, when I was a kid, I feel like I remember it just feeling very long. Uh, and I think that movie has a lot of issues of just like focusing on the least interesting parts of the story, maybe. Um,
1: the weird thing
0: for me is, I, I just remember as a kid,
1: I, I felt like I was able to absorb everything that happened in episode two through just, like, the the media around it. So, like, I, I had, like, oh, yeah. Legos and shit from episode two. Like, I had, like, the clone uh, ship, and, like, uh, I, I, I I had a couple clone trooper Legos uh, and, and, and went to a friend's house, and he had a bunch. So I felt like I understood, like, what was going on. Like, I knew it was, like, clones versus robots, and I knew the robots were controlled by the Separatists and the, the clones were by, with the Jedi, But then when I popped into episode three, it just felt like that was it. Like, that was all I needed to know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, then not a whole lot actually happens in that movie, which is just (laughs) kind of the problem. I mean, George Lucas's issue with those films is that he kind of, he does, like, almost PowerPoint storytelling. Mm -hmm. It's just sort of like, there's no no director tricks to feed you an interesting story or to twist anything or to, to give you... To play with your expectations it's just a straightforward well here's what happens that led darth vader to become evil yeah and you know why from the beginning why he turns evil essentially and and there's not really any tension or you just you just have to sit through hours and hours and hours of of big spectacle spectacles around just sort of a, a a straightforward sequence of events essentially and mm. and and you never really feel like uh there's anything to really root for or I mean it, I think that's that's the main issue with those films is that they there's just the the priority was given to the world building which I like I sure. like world building and I think that that's that's w- one of the good things about those movies is that they're incredibly visually distinct mm-hmm. uh and I they do such a good job of kind of like developing all this background stuff and, and making it feel like a really rich window into an interesting world. Yeah, and but- at, at the
1: very least, I'll say, not not to cut you off, but like the conflict makes sense to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Even in the, as, as much as people like joke about the name The Phantom Menace, like that makes sense to me. Like, okay, like in a, in a macro context, we understand this first war is basically a puppet war uh, it, it, you know, it literally a, a phantom menace because right. it, it's all orchestrated by Palpatine, and that all yeah. made sense and, until the it, end and of it's episode. It's interesting,
0: six. and it's like really an interesting conflict. And the fact that, like, oh, he's a Jedi and he's not supposed to, you know, form deep relationships with people, and the whole conflict of the series is that he does and he's not supposed to that could be such an interesting idea mm-hmm. to make into a really compelling film, along with the fact that like this war is a shadow war being played by like a mastermind who's controlling everything in the background. But the movie just don't do a good job of telling that story. Uh-huh. And that's why it's such a bad, like why it's such a, a shame that they uh, aren't better. But uh, I would really like to watch them again because I, again, those ideas at least I think make up for it in a certain way. So I heard, a yeah. I
1: heard a rumor uh, that, that George Lucas is, is, Looking to talk to Disney about potentially directing if they do reboot the sequel trilogy, directing that. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Wouldn't that be something if he got to sell Star Wars and
0: continue working on it? <laughs> That'd be uh, crazy. I feel like there would be a lot of baggage though, because I don't think most people really assume George Lucas is a very good director in most cases. um So I, I wonder. Yeah, if I, I would. I would because want
1: him to be a, a part of like the world building team, but not the I actual get, director.
0: I, I get the distinct impression. From everything I've heard of George Lucas and read about him and, and listened to him talk, uh, Episode One is the closest Star Wars ever got to his ideal vision of what he wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he really just likes developing silly stories for kids with funny monster characters and interesting, like, action sequences and things like that happening. I think that he really enjoys that element of it. that kind it, of like it calls back to the Flash Gordon uh, inspirations. Mm-hmm. And he wants to tell a story in kind of like this old sort of Shakespearean way, where you don't really—it's it, more about sort of the the vibe mm-hmm. than uh, than really like an interesting plot or or you know really well acted characters. It's more just sort of about like this the stage play of like the the grand tragedy that happens, where like a character will come out at the beginning of the movie and spell out what happens in the in the film before you watch it, or yeah, that kind of element where I think he just appreciates that kind of storytelling but that doesn't always work for most people and uh that's why i i think that him coming back it would probably feel very strange and Mm -hmm. uh maybe not turn out good maybe maybe it's just impossible to make good star wars anymore i don't know because the expectations are too high what uh what to expect anymore yeah i don't know because the the uh, only reason i think i liked mandalorian as much as i liked it was because i went in with zero expectations yeah, and Mandalorian's its own separate topic because I think that it does some really good things with... Um, I, I always enjoy Star Wars when you get kind of the perspective of, of more sort of normal people because yeah. the, the thing about the, the one through nine is that it's about the most powerful people in the universe, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't really get a perspective of what life is like in that universe, really. You get little snippets of it, but not. there's never an emphasis on that. Yeah, I think the Mandalorian kind of goes into that a bit more. Although I think it is a little too. It makes the universe feel a little bit too tribal to me. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. That's fair. Like it, they 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 go to all these different places, and it kind of always feels like Moss Eisley, no matter where they go. You know, I think that's a that's a, a symptom of of just
1: hey, we're basing it on the source material again, so like everything feels the same because uh, i always kind of got a sense that star wars the star wars universe was somewhat tribal that like like races st- stayed amongst their kind kind of a thing um maybe with, I, I with guess the exceptions I just... of like these these kind of eclectic you know cities and and, and like dumpy tatooine type places um yeah that, that's guess... the impression that the that like kodor gave me anyway but
0: right yeah I guess that's true i, I maybe it's again it's our own expectations coming in and playing a part because i think when i was a kid my vision of it was that there were like places like that but those are like the backwaters of any any society Mm. and that at the core there's all these mega metropolis places like bespin and uh corelia and 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 places that have like a lot of things going on like i would love to see a movie that takes place or or at parts of the mandalorian going forward that take place in like narshada you know like a giant, like gangster-run mega city, where all this stuff is happening in the in the deep corners of of the alleys behind between these giant buildings. I, that kind of vibe always spoke to me. Um, but I, it's not. I really... will say,
1: uh, I, I I like the Mandalorian. I'm I'm not as excited about where it's going. I think as you are, because uh, I, mm. I think the thing that is the least exciting t- part of the Mandalorian to me is the the baby Yoda storyline. Just because right, that—that's yeah. th- it launching into its own special thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. I, I, I'm with you on like it, it's my same complaint with Warhammer for the longest time was you know eh, Space Marines are cool. What are we fighting for? Like why? Why are like who are the regular people? Like <laughs> and right, uh, yeah. I I like seeing you know like yeah what's happening when when the Jedi's are off in their councils you know doing whatever. We've heard about smugglers. We've heard about these gunfights and 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 stuff like that. But how come? Let, let's see them. You know what 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 is right, this yeah. world? Um, and so I'm a little worried that that going deeper into Baby Yoda is gonna I don't know uh, steer away from that. But
0: yeah, we'll see. I, I don't we'll know. I, I what I'll probably do is wait until it's all out and I hear if it's good or not. And then yeah, I'll that's probably what I'll do time. too. Um,
1: I heard that. Uh, they got some lady to play a live action version of Ahsoka and the, the, the actress that they were choosing uh, or, or talking about is transphobic. So it's already um, a great, uh, looking forward to season two already. A good start. That's fun.
0: Well, I think that's a good place to leave it today. Um, Chico really needs to go out. To yeah. I can he's see he's, like, he's like nipping he's, at you. So I'll let you yeah, go. He's, he's ready. So, uh, That'll be it. Uh, this was a, this was a heady episode. I like this I feel one. Like. Yeah, um, no video sometimes... games. Hey, you know what? That's true. There was a rumor that the PS5 like was gonna get rumors oh, opening today, dude. but I don't think that's happening.
1: I don't know if I told you. Um, my boyfriend's dad. I don't know what his job is or why he has this. Has a PlayStation Five uh, like dev kit. What?
0: Well, I know what those. I definitely know what those look like. They're uh, they're, they're weird
1: looking. Weird looking. I'll send you a picture. He sent it to me, and he was just like, "Yeah, I have one of these now. Weird."
0: Um, yeah, please. I, I would love to know why. Uh, yeah. Oh my god, I think it is actually happening. The uh, the page just went live. What p- pre-orders on are on? They're ab- they're probably about to.
1: You heard it here first, so folks. Maybe the rumors were true. Uh, I also love that um 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 um. I lost it. I was going to say something about PlayStation, and I just... I lost it. It's gone. Well. Nope. Oh, I remember. Uh, Death Stranding. Play it on PC now.
0: Uh, anyway. Nice. Uh, hot news, everyone. Hot news. Go out and do it. All right, that's it. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's me. It's Travis. I am... I've had a whole bottle of La Femme du Monde. I'm a little out of it, but I'm going to try to do our, our ending anyway. Uh, special thanks go to Aesthetics, please. Aesthetics, is where you're going to find his uh, sweet tunes. Uh, not to mention uh, music.businesscasual.biz find some other other good business casual stuff there our music is uh provided generously with his permission he's our favorite our favorite musician of all time better than the beatles so uh you should definitely check him out and yeah i hope uh we we don't have any um any social media or or email address or anything so you uh there's no way to contact us so uh if you want to ask us a question, uh, I'm sorry, you, you just you just can't. So that's uh, that's it. Hope to see you next week. Stay classy, fuckers. Goodbye.